Bringing an elderly parent into your homeschooling life can be very disruptive and the most wonderful thing you could possibly do for your children. Join the great humorist, homeschool consultant, and homeschooling mom and grandma, Susie Lloyd, as she tells us about her family's one awful homeschool year. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today it is my joy to welcome Susie Lloyd to talk about her family's one awful homeschool year. Susie Lloyd is a wife, mom, and grandmother who has homeschooled seven lively kids for nearly 30 years. After many years as a popular homeschool writer and speaker, she now helps homeschoolers one-on-one through personal consulting sessions. Susie knows what it's like to struggle. Today, she tells us about the one awful year she had while taking care of her elderly father and how to adjust when life happens in the middle of your homeschool. What can you do about it? How can you keep academics on track? Finally, what can you gain from one awful year? You can find Susie Lloyd at her website and all her books and other connections at susielloyd.com. And that's S-U-S-I-E-L-L-O-Y-D.com. Susie, it's so great to see you again. Welcome to the program. It is great to see you, Lisa. So fun. Yeah, we, we do have fun. Um, you and I have something in common. We both care for an elderly parent in our home. So just kind of set yes. the stage for us a little about what your life was like before you brought your dad to live with you, like kind of what led up to that and, and step us into that process of, wow, this big change. Yeah. So I think you and I have are both both have decades of caretaking going on in our lives. Um, it's it's like as a homeschooler, you're caring for a family, okay, a household. You know, you're picking up toys and socks on your way to the bathroom and pulling weeds on your way back from taking out the garbage because that's all the time you have <laughs> to get things done. And you're just kind of always in this like constant like let's get it done kind of groove. And, you know, and then you're trying to make time for your personal life. You're calling friends while you're driving. You know, you're like, oh, I don't want to forget my parents. You know, you're calling, you know, your your dad while, you know, you're, you know, walk, taking your walk and, you know, like you're and you're homeschooling, too. Right. So, like, you're cutting up vegetables 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, helping your kids with spelling. You know, you're you're busy, you know, and that is my that was my life, you know, before I got my dad. OK, mm. it was already very full, you know, as I'm sure yours was. And um, so you'd think, OK, how could you possibly add, you know, your dad <laughs> to your life? <laughs> you know, um, and there's a lot to say about that, because um, I'm at the tail end of raising children and homeschooling. And so my children are not little babies anymore. And um so it was very providential, actually, to still have two kids in the house um, mm. when when we decided to take my dad. And we took a good couple of years deciding. Um, with my family, I'm very fortunate that I have a very big family. I'm the youngest of eight kids. 
Hmm. And so my dad built a network of support, (laughs) you know, without ever really intending to. Um, He never intended to live with any of us. But indeed, he he was a very good dad. And my mom was a great mom. Um, We watched my dad and helped my dad take care of our mom when she was dying of cancer over 30 years ago. And he gave a very good example, you know, of just doing everything, you know, for my mom and like making sure she had everything she needed. And then we, all eight of us, you know, either stayed there or came often or just, we all had a hand in it in some way. And so we've got a great family. And, um, and so I had this network to fall back on with my dad, like for, it wasn't just me, you know, and I know people do who do this kind of single-handedly and you know, there's a great movie about that called The Father with Anthony Hopkins. I totally loved it really gave me an insight into what it must be like to be a person who is very, very old and has dementia. And here's the thing about the father, though. It's kind of hard to watch because she's all alone, you know, and I didn't have that. Um, I had my family. So um, my my siblings plus my own children, you know. And so we talked about it for a couple of years, like, what do we do about Pop? You know, he's he was always so independent. You know, he was always very provident. And thank God, you know, and very smart. He was, you know, an engineer and he was grew up on a farm and he was always very mentally and physically active. And so he staved off old age for the longest time. You know, even when he was 90, he was driving. I think he lost his ability to drive when he was about 92, 93. So this guy, you know, he didn't want to live with us. <laughs> so for a couple of years, I said, Pop, don't you want to come and live with us? As we watched him slowly decline, you know, we would have family meetings about him all the time. Um, he didn't want to come. You know, he wanted to stay home, which is four hours away from me. And really there was really no one else who could really take him in the way I could and give him, we all, they all helped. Was, they all helped. There's no question, but I was kind of the, the one who could take him in, you know? And so we prepared for it. We got the house ready. We gutted the bathroom and made it handicap accessible. And we don't have the money for that. So my dad paid for that. And we told him, you know, we're, we're what we were doing, you know, we were moving towards the eventuality that he would be with us, you know, but it still didn't feel real, you know, and yesterday was the one year anniversary of the day he got here. And (sighs) my sister, uh, my sister and I were, were saying it didn't feel real, you know, until he came. Now, my sister, she moved from Albuquerque, New Mexico and bought a house uh, near us to help me. Wow. Yeah. So there was her whole adjustment too. And um, so that was just like, it's been, and that was hard too, because like to help my sister move here meant I had to go house hunting, right? I had to go house hunting for my sister. And then I had to close on her house. She had to do like a video, like, and decide if she liked the house, like unseen. And um, then she had to adjust and we were unpacking her. We spent, she got here a week before he did. So we were like a whole week of like crash, like unpacking my sister and like, here's a box marked kitchen. Just put it away. Don't even think about it. You know, like, and just her whole adjustment, you know, and 
Wow, what a sacrifice. That's an amazing, like you said, you have a great family. That's, that's big. You often hear stories of families where only one person in the family is willing to help with mom or dad, and everyone else is just kind of MIA. I see this a lot, and it's very sad. So praise God, what a beautiful family you have. I see it a lot, too. Um, I credit my parents being very unselfish all their lives with how we turned out, honestly. Um, my brother came and built a ramp for my dad and my, my son helped him. And so that was really great, you know, and my other brother and, uh, his wife and my other sister, they packed my dad's house up and they, my brother put the house on the market and I have all kinds of, um, all kinds of support for this whole endeavor. Um, but all the same, it was still like, it really was tough to bring my dad into the house because, um, as you know, with your mom, it's your mom, right? You said it's my um, my husband's mom, but we're very close. She's a doll. She's a hundred years old. A <laughs> hundred years old. A hundred. A hundred years old. And my father, I was calling him Methuselah. He was. <laughs> so let me help you, Methuselah. He would love that. That's his. That's his brand of humor. And um, <laughs> he was ninety four uh, when he got here, and he turned ninety five a couple months later. Yeah. And. Um, you know, he was, he was funny. He says to me, I said, pop, you know, don't you want to come and live with us? And I would say to him every time I talked to him and he, you know, one day he says, he always said the same thing, you know, oh, that's really nice. And yeah, I'll come someday, but not now. And then one day he says, I'd like to stay here as long as possible. And I said, pop, you did. <laughs> wow, that's a big and signal, like, right? He's starting to pop, see the need. Yep. Well, I, you know, you get to the point where you realize things when you go visit him, like, okay, if he falls, he can't get up. So I was cutting his hair at his house up in New York. And he, I said, why don't you sit on the toilet backwards? And so I can reach your hair. And so we did. He couldn't get up. And my son mm. and I had to sort of get together and lift him. And that was like a big red flag. Oh, you know, and we had a caretaker for him, you know, God dropped, you see so much providence in this whole thing. He could have really come sooner, but God dropped a caretaker on our laps who lived right in the neighborhood and was just a concerned neighbor who loves old people and is from Serbia and is young and vital and just like, Oh, I love him. I love my father. I love my grandfather. What he need? Let me help. And so wow. we basically we hired this lady and she loved him. She called me the other day. She had been to his grave. I mean, she was a godsend and she kept my dad in the house a couple more years um, because that's where he wanted to be. And it's a big adjustment to pluck him out of there and bring him four hours away down here. Oh, yeah. But we had to do it because, uh, like I said, he she couldn't be there all the time. We couldn't find anyone who could be there all the time. And so we said, this is it. We This is it. My brother who lives up there said, don't wait. Because he was seeing him every week. He says, don't wait. Bring him. Yeah. And so we did. And so we brought him. And he came in August, gave me a little time to get kind of used to having him here before homeschooling started. yeah because that was going to be a smooth transition right so let's take us right into that because you're so good at finding the beauty and the humor in difficult things and i know this has been really tough so tell us 
why it's been an awful homeschool year and, <laughs> and start to show us some of the values to your kids as you went through this tremendous disruption and this love fest and all the struggles that went with it. Well, I did a few things right. Like I, we, we purged our house over the summer, like of every extraneous thing. Okay. Wow. We, we threw away okay. half of it and gave away the other half and, you know, and so that, that was big. And, um, picked up a few things my dad would need and got those ready. And so we've got materially ready. I also quit um, running our homeschool co-op, which I founded. I said, I'm stepping down. And I didn't teach either. I was going to teach, but I started waking up at four in the morning thinking, you can't teach. You don't know what you're getting. This is a yes. person who's 94. That's right. And the vacation version of my father is not my real life with my father because when I would visit him and I would go there four times a year and clean his house and spend time with him, I had nothing else to do but pay attention to my dad the whole time I was there. And that was not going to be my daily life here. Yeah. So that was the main thing to remember. So I cut a lot of things out. I let a lot of things go. And I think if you're going to do anything really big, you need to adjust expectations and realize that there's not enough of you to go around. So you put your priorities in order. Okay. And of course my father was a major priority is health, but I had to learn everything with him. So like the care and feeding is a real thing. It's like, you gotta be careful what you feed these people. One wrong thing you feed them and they're sick yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they're in trouble you know? And so that whole thing was a learning curve. Like, and then he doesn't want to eat certain things and then he doesn't wear his teeth. He keeps them in his pocket, you know, and, <laughs> and then he doesn't wear his hearing aids. So you, you can't hear what's going on and left the out of every conversation. Aids. Oh, and like there's everything. And then they have dementia too. So my dad came to us with dementia, Aww. which has, which he was very, still very sharp, even with dementia. But he was also a little paranoid because dementia makes you paranoid. And um, so like if he would misplace something, which he did all the time, he would think somebody took it. And so then you kind of had that going on. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that movie, The Father, <laughs> the reason I loved it so much, my, my husband's like, why do we have to watch a movie about something we live with every day? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I will just say this about my husband. He was so generous uh so generous he he was 100 percent like he wanted to bring my dad way sooner <laughs> so i was very fortunate you know to have to have that in a husband mm -hmm. but um the father really quick i gotta say this um the whole thing's told from the point of view of someone who has dementia oh wow that's why it's worth seeing because wow. you're in their head you get an idea of what they go through and mm -hmm. so i considered that movie you know, part of my education on learning what my father felt like and having empathy for him. All right. We're going to step away for just a couple of seconds for a sponsor break from the wonderful folks at Homeschool Connections, where we'll be right back with Susie Lloyd talking about her one awful homeschool year. See you soon. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. 
And now back to our program. All right, we're back with Susie Lloyd talking about her one awful homeschool year. Susie's a homeschool consultant and a mom and a grandma and a lot of experience in the space. Susie, take us into how this, this whole experience of bringing your dad to live with you affected your homeschool and some of the things that you learned from that experience. Okay, so um, I've always relied on homeschool connections for some courses during high school. And um, thank God, you know, uh, I, when my older kids were little, we didn't have homeschool connections, right? We had other things that they weren't, you know, maybe we we would get a friend or, you know, we would have a co-op or something like that. But homeschool connections is really super convenient for like being uh, right at home and being able to have like these great teachers teaching your children. But, and I tell this to my homeschool consulting clients all the time, you really can't just put your child in front of a computer and walk away and go, okay, good. Don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you really can't. Um, and so with my children, um, one of my children was taking three classes there and a couple of them weren't working out to tell you the truth. And here's why. And this one really bit me because I'm a writer. He was bombing writing. And oh. I'm just going to be honest. He was bombing writing. And I looked at, uh, I was, you know, looking, going in dutifully, looking in Moodle, seeing what was going on. And he was late for most things. And so here's what was different about this year. I really wasn't there to help him, like, read the directions. You know, simple things like read your read the directions with your your child. Okay, I was worried about my dad can't you know he can't get up. I need to help him take a walk. I need to figure out how he's going to get this that and the other thing. Like was it was an avalanche of things that we had to think about with my dad. Like I was saying before, and so I'd say to my son as I'd like kind of run by like you need anything you know, and he'd be like no I'm good I'm good you know because kids think sometimes that they're fine. But then you go and you're looking and you're like, why are you, you doing so badly? And it's like, oh, wow, you're late. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of penalties that go with that. Um, then you try to catch back up and like, okay, make sure that I show you, walk through the directions with you the next time and don't submit anything until you show it to me and things like that, right? Mm. So these are some of the things we did to sort of tweak that whole thing. Um, but I'll tell you what I did in the end, and this is a valuable thing for people to realize, especially people who've come from a school situation. When you're in a school situation, like a, a regular school, like I did a little time with a public charter school online. Okay, so did this for a couple of my kids for a couple of years. You really are beholding to that school. And there's very strict um, policies about, um, and you, you might get mercy from this teacher, but you might not from another teacher. I remember one kid, um, she was getting like an A in Spanish and she skipped an assignment by mistake and her grade went plummeting down into the seventies. And I remember saying to the public school teacher, you know, could you open that up and let her have a chance? She, I don't know what we were doing, but no, the answer was no. And so I couldn't believe it. Like, so you're not getting that with homeschool connections. You're getting people you can actually, who really are all really good people <laughs> and who really 
give you a chance, you know, um, to make up. And so we did make, um, make it up by, you know, connecting with the teachers sometimes on different things. Um, he was late second semester and some history stuff. And Mr. Martin, um, opened the things back up for him to finish. And I was explaining, you know, my dad died and all these things happened and, you know, um, so you can talk to the teachers and that's, that's huge. It's a very flexible service and really it's a service for you. So you really are the homeschooler and you are basically hiring a tutoring service. And so think about it that way, then there's all this flexibility built in. And so about those late things, for example, um, at Christmas, my son had all of his assignments done and I said, okay, I've homeschooled for years and this is on time to me. Okay. You're done. This isn't you put first semester into February. This is you finished. And so I said, I'm going to go through because I wasn't there for you and I'm going to make allowances. I'm going to remove your late penalties because they have to exist for the teacher's sake. And I understand that, but honestly, um, they are really on me and you, but they're really on me as the supervisor. And I'm going to remove the late penalties and you're just going to be graded on content. And so I was able to do that, not in the system, but on my own records, you know, mm -hmm. Homeschool Connections doesn't even keep records. So this is what I tell you, you really do have um, the ability to use the tutoring service as befits you. That's right. And so that is the beauty of it. And um, so I did that. Um, you know, you speak to the teachers, you, you use the system as befits your needs and what's going on with you. Um, so those things really helped. And as far as one other class goes, <laughs> it was math. The teacher was lovely. There was nothing wrong. I'm not saying there was anything wrong. It's just that um, I realized that my son, who had never had an online math class before, couldn't really learn that way. Sometimes you look at your kids and you go, you're, um, you need to have someone sitting next to you and showing you this stuff in the room. And that's just who you are. You have questions. You want to know right now what the answer is. You want to go. You can't. You need one-on-one -on -one tutoring. And that's what I always gave him in math. But I put him in um, online class this past year because of my dad. So basically, we just, I wrote a, a, a note to the teacher and said, it's not you. You're great. It, it's, the, it's the format that in just for this subject, it didn't work for mm -hmm. my son. And so you have to just be aware it's okay for things to not work out and to say time to pivot. And that's the wonderful thing about homeschooling too, is you can pivot. Now you don't want to pivot for no reason. Like I had a client ask me the other day, oh, we love such and such a program. Should we change it? And I was like, why? Why? Oh, no, <laughs> do not change it. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> How rare is it to hear someone say, we love what we're doing? Don't change it if it's working. Okay. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But this was broke. <laughs> and so what I ended up doing was um, I strongly believe in Providence. Um, my daughter's good, good friend said, hey, my nephew is living with us for a short time because he's in graduate school and he's a math brain and he's looking for tutoring jobs. And I was like, yes, bring him over. Hello. So we hired, <laughs> we hired this kid. He's uh, I've known him all his life. He's a wonderful young man and uh, the rates are reasonable. And my son needed a tutor and it couldn't be me. So wonderful. that's what we did for math. And so realize that it's okay to pivot and it's 
And it's okay to, and you just have to say to yourself, this is worth spending money on. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you're going to look at the whole big picture and it's like, I'll, I'll cut back on something else, you know, and, and get, I didn't want my son. You have to look at the big picture. Like I said, you have a, a boy who's going to grow up to be a man. All right. And he needs to not think he's stupid in math. Okay. He needs to know he's smart in math and he needs to learn math and he needs to be able to provide. <laughs> mm-hmm. and these are things he needs for real life. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. can't just be like, oh, well, <laughs> some people are just bad at math. It's like, no, no, <laughs> we need to fix it. <laughs> so, and as mm-hmm. for writing, um, what I ended up doing um, was my father, um, a lot of things happened to us in the spring. Okay. We had a wonderful year, but it was a very uphill battle with homeschooling. And then in March, I broke my hip. Oh, <laughs> I'm laughing awful. about it. It just happened. I just was like walking around going, why does my hip hurt? Oh, no. And so I was later diagnosed with osteoporosis. Oh. And so now I, I guess all my seven kids sucked all my bones away or something. Anyway. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. Um, so anyway, um, I was on crutches for six weeks and um, I still had my dad and my sister was helping. And by then we had figured out that my dad needed to go uh, out a little every day for his own sake to be socialized. Um, and we found a very, very nice daycare. And it's kind of weird. I've never used daycare my whole life, but yeah, he went for a little while every day. Because he had great needs, you know, to be, he would love to sit down and read to you and he would want you to look at pictures. And it was like, you know, I'm going to have to ask someone else to do this with you because he really didn't care who it was. Mm. So we found some incredibly caring people and we had him go for a couple hours, four hours at a time. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I broke my hip, (laughs) that was extremely helpful to be able to have him go over to, to do that. And my sister would drive him. So I started to question whether I could sustain having my dad with us as I'm going around on crutches. And then of course my dad's dementia kicked in and he thought my husband beat me up. (laughs) So he wanted to beat my husband up. (laughs) Oh no. It's so hard. That must've been so Uh, stressful for you guys. Yes. Yes. I mean, and my husband took it really well. Um, but then, um, my dad was always so self-sacrificing and so, so he was so, what can I say? He, he was easygoing. And so he really didn't ever try to give trouble. And he often made, he, he just made things easy. I mean, it's a hard situation, but he wasn't hard. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. was, he was lovely. Oh, yes. For those of you listening on the podcast, (laughs) we are looking at Susie's dad with a very cute, looks like maybe a Norwegian sort of red ski cap on (laughs) and holding up his phone. He's so cute in his flannel shirt. He's adorable. (laughs) I still have his hat. I keep it. um, I keep it around. Um, And still got his hair in it and everything. So I'm I'm leading up to telling you that while uh, my dad was with us, he and I had my hip, my hip was broken and I'm going around on crutches and I have a wheelchair and everything. And it's kind of crazy. I. um, He 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 had a a stroke, so he. um, 
it was uh, unclear to us that he had one, but I will say that um, it came became clear later on that that's what it was. We just thought he had another UTI, and we'd been really great about keeping UTIs at bay. So we just we had him treated for a UTI. The doctor thought he had a UTI, but it really was a stroke. And so he got very oh. wobbly and very. My kids were, you know, grabbing him, keeping him from falling. And at one point, my husband grabbed him, and my husband's holding him like this, and my dad's bigger than he is, taller than he is. And my husband's saying, Pop, I didn't know you were such a great dancer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so we were protecting him as much as we could. But in the middle of the night, he fell. And we were right there the next second. And this is exactly what we were afraid of happening all by himself at home with nobody there. So we were right there comforting him and and then we were all with we were with him in the ER like we didn't leave him alone and we protected him from falling again the whole day in the ER like 12 hours and and then he was um we had him checked into um a really good christian evangelical christian um nursing home because he needed full-time care and he was only there for a week before he died um by the way that was my sister's contribution as well to just get all that paperwork done so that he could go straight in like at a moment's wow. notice. Boy, what so a team. Plan for um we I think I the lesson here for e- anything you're doing is to make just plan in just in case. Do the just in case. Plan for you don't know what and just expect things to just change like that. Mm-hmm. So all this happened March, April. And because of Holy Week and Easter, we had to wait a couple weeks to bury my dad um, and have his funeral. And it was out of state. So long story short, my son, one of my son's classes finished. His writing class finished. He had several assignments that were never done because of all these things going on. And, you know, I said to him, okay, I'm a writer and, and I'm going to finish this with you. And I'm going to you're going to do your assignments. Um, we set a deadline. And we're gonna, I'm going to check them every day and I'm going to f- make them flexible so that maybe I'm going to ask you for something a little different than the teacher might have asked you for. But I'm going to finish this with you. And so that's another thing that you can do. And I did contact the teacher later and I just said, I want you to know we finished, you know. And, <laughs> and that means it. a lot to the teachers, too, because they really <laughs> are trying to serve, to pass along something of value. Exactly. And, and you're taking it seriously. It's just that life is happening. And so, you know, I think it's so good, Susie, for your (laughs) kids to see how you were, as you said, pivoting, noticing what the parameters were and what was needed and just kind of flexing. And um, would you kind of take us out with some of the rewards? What is your family able to reflect on now that were the blessings of having this experience together? So I would say for me, it's incredible that, um, you know, when you have a lot of kids, your older kids are used to sacrificing for the younger kids, right? But when you get down to the last couple of kids, they don't, I mean, they have nieces and nephews and believe me, we help with those kids and they come and stay with us when my daughter has a baby. And, you know, we, you know, why one daughter went up there for a couple of weeks to help my daughter, another her sister, when she had a troubled pregnancy, it's not like they never do these things they do, but it's not, it's not a daily thing in their home. You know, um, my father was known better to my older children. 
than my younger children because he got around a lot more when I had my older children and that he came to visit us a lot and we would bring them to visit him. But as he got much older, you know, we would, I'd bring one at a time, you know, clean his house with one person, with one of my kids, you know, um, and that was great too, but they didn't really know him too well. And they didn't know him this way where he was vulnerable. You know, mm-hmm. he was always very self-sufficient. So here he was, he was very vulnerable. And he, when he moved in with us, you know, like I said, the care and feeding, you know, I would mark food for him cookies. I'd get them cookies. I'd get him cookies. He loved cookies. <laughs> and I'd mark the cookies with his name on them. And they'd be like, I'd be like, you're going to eat these cookies in one day. Don't touch these cookies. You know, like, I know you guys, you're just, you know, cookies. <laughs> he, he's going to eat these cookies and it's going to take him a month to eat these cookies, you know, like, mm. and so they'd be like, Oh, ha ha. They'd make, you know, nah, pops cookies. Rah. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> and what was really rewarding was seeing, um, how they wept over him when he was dying and seeing how I have pictures of them uh, coming to see him, you know, and keeping vigil with him, you know, um, maybe I can screen share this one to you, to you also. Um, And just seeing that they had that opportunity, you know, um, and how they missed him, you know, and he connected with them. You know, one day my daughter was having a very bad day and my, my dad said, suddenly it was like, he didn't even have dementia. He's like, oh, honey, how old are you? And how are you? And what's next for you? And, and just have him to talk to, you know, and, um, and all my kids came to see him. They all came. Um, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud that my children, seven of them, they came. Hmm. And yes. to help, and also just to see my husband being so generous again, like he was when my mother was sick, he was so generous. And I seeing him 30 years later being even more generous to bring my father into his house. And, mm. um, and just to know that, um, my siblings and I got really close, um, during this whole project that lasted a few years, you know, I kicked it off. I just had an, I just knew like, my dad was so depressed at home a couple years ago at, in the winter. And, and I just started a novena, like on my mom's birthday, like to St. Joseph for a happy death and for like the grace to be able to care for him. And just to know that I, me and my siblings, we all got together and we prayed every time we had a meeting and we all worked to protect him, you know, and uh, we all succeeded you know, and he didn't die alone and nobody scammed him. And he, he, he had company, you know, and my sister came, my other sister came, she's a nurse. Um, the first night he was in this, this nursing home and she, <laughs> he was in the assisted living part and we could see it wasn't the right, the right place for him with, he was too dizzy. He was going to fall. She got permission to, she's a, a nurse in an OR in Boston and just to lie down next to him and put her leg over him. She stayed that way all night, you know, um, just all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Beautiful memories. Yeah. So much love. Yes. It's everything you would want for your dear dad to be yeah. so loved, for everyone to be present, for everyone to value the time with him when our yes. society does not value elderly people. It's really a, a nightmare Oh my out gosh, there. yes, it is, it is. You know, I just wanted to brag about him to everybody, you know, like, mm. hey, this is not just 
some old man. This person is 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 a genius. This person is a veteran. This person is, you know, uh, he did everything, you know, and uh, and uh, I'm just proud of him, you know. <laughs> oh, that's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, and that's something that that you'll always have that you got to be there for him as a family. Um, take us out with any final thoughts, Susie, just as you're, you've shared this beautiful and very emotional and, and very <laughs> instructive and really very wise family experience. Uh, there's been just so much of your family culture and values that came to life and showed itself so powerfully. What would you like to leave us with? So, um, I would say that um, real life is going to happen, okay? Uh, we are not a compartmentalized uh, group of people. We homeschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, sure. um, <laughs> we do not have, we are not outsourcing, you know, the cafeteria or or the janitor or, you know, the history teacher. Well, the history teacher sometimes, right, with homeschool connections. But <laughs> the point is, there's a lot that's on us, okay? And so... Um, Real life's going to happen no matter what. And I've had all these other things happen, pregnancy and teaching from the couch and a new baby. And then someone gets sick in your family or everyone gets sick in your family one at a time. And then you're like <laughs> for two weeks, you can't go anywhere. And then your spouse, you know, loses a job. You know, I've been through all those things. And um, mm -hmm. when it seems like <laughs> you should you should realize that you should be open to building support. Okay. I always have started support groups and I started one when I got my dad and I enjoyed every minute of being with the other people who were taking care of their parents. And when I started homeschooling, I started a homeschool support group and I started a co-op and it's like, just start things. And people loved to have the opportunity to be with you in your journey. And they're going through the same thing. And realize that you're not all by yourself. Let other people help you. Um, when I broke my hip, I didn't cook for a month. I had so much food and, um, and it was such a comfort. And I thought, wow, this community that we've built over the years with the help of God, obviously God was behind everything is just, it's like comes to fruition. Like, you know, you, they, everybody comes out of nowhere. I didn't even know some of the people who gave me food, you know, and, and, it's incredible how good and kind the the Christians are, unlike the popular like mythology. They really are. And um, and I'm kind of rambling here, but I'm just trying to say that real life happens and there's a lot of lessons to be learned that you can't learn in books. Um, you can't teach empathy from books. You can't teach compassion and you can't teach even like the process of troubleshooting and juggling everything in your life from a book, you have to walk through it, you know? So with our kids, you know, they're resetting, you know, my one girl's going off to college in the fall and she didn't have very much part-time work this year. Unlike the other kids that came before her to help pay for college. So I said, you're, you know, you're going to get a scholarship from pop. Okay, so when my father's will is all decided, if whatever I get, I'm going to give her a scholarship from Pop because this was the year she helped a lot with Pop, you know. And um, so, and my son, you know, we're ready to reset, and he's a better man for it, you know. Um, I just am grateful for those experiences that 
you can't, you really just can't, you just can't read about, you know, and you can't do a workbook about, you know, they've just been, been great for us. So be open to those things, you know, be open to what God is calling you to do and he'll figure out the rest. Yeah, I feel like we just did a nice visit into the school of love that our homes are meant to be with all their bumps and difficulties. That's such a place to grow together. Uh, Everyone, thanks for listening. And you can find Susie Lloyd at SusieLloyd.com. That's in the show notes. And we're so grateful that you spent this time with us. And, And Susie, just a joy to be with you. Thank you so much for sharing from your heart this really amazing uh, struggle, but beautiful kind of triumph that your family came together in the Lord, in grace to, mm-hmm. to experience together. So we're grateful for your sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Oh, great, everybody. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week. We're praying for you. Please pray for us too. God bless. Bye-bye. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.